welcome to a very special bonus episode of What the Tech from Boast AI. Today, Boast AI's own Curtis Griffith and Joshua Martin address the most commonly asked questions about R&D tax credits. From determining eligibility to mastering documentation techniques, they'll guide you through all the crucial aspects that matter to your business. This conversation was originally featured as part of Boast AI's weekly Innovators Live series on LinkedIn. I hope you enjoy the show and stay tuned for next week's regularly scheduled episode of What the Tech, featuring innovators from across North America's tech ecosystem. There we go. Good morning, Josh. How's everything out east? Doing well. How are things out in the beautiful province of Alberta? Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, we've got uh, got some good some good coverage west and east. We're uh, uh, in Alberta. We're just recovering from uh, ten days of stampedes. So uh, always the first week after. So we're um, but it's Friday. So we've had we've had our chance to recover and we're ready to go. So. Beautiful. Yeah, out, out here in Quebec. So we have the kind of Quebec Alberta link here um so uh it's kind of exciting to kind of see the the nuances both of our lovely provinces are special provinces for many reasons uh, but tax credit <laughs> are one in particular that i think we'll, we'll kind of dive into a little bit absolutely later. absolutely josh so i think uh yeah i think we've given folks a, a few seconds here that are that are joining us live and uh, today we're just going to chat, uh, you know, commonly asked questions about uh, R&D tax or SRED here in Canada. Uh, and that was a, a great precursor, Josh. So maybe uh, maybe we'll jump into to that conversation first, some of the provincial uh, uniqueness benefits um, of the SRED tax program here in, in Canada and particularly Alberta and Quebec, which we're well positioned to speak up. So maybe I'll, uh, I'll bounce that off you. Maybe you can jump on some of the, the Quebec um, uh, the Quebec-specific items of, uh, of SRED. Yeah, so in, uh, in Quebec and Alberta, we're going to see really high, above-average um, provincial rates. So I think it's around 82% of salaries will get will be returned in Quebec of eligible work. Uh, in Alberta, it's not quite that high, but it's still above the Canadian average. Uh, but with the, those benefits, uh, the provinces do have more control on the shred credit than traditionally um, and so what, what we're going to see is longer uh, disbursement time. So the federal portion of the credit will be, you know, dispersed within you know, two to three months. Um, and then we're going to see uh, a longer lag in both Quebec uh, and Alberta. Uh, that's that's my understanding as the Alberta. Yeah. Director. Yeah. Well, well said. Absolutely. And in Alberta, we uh, like to make it even more complicated. So there's a formula for the provincial amount. But yeah, it can be a, a range where. Um, you get closer to that sometimes 70, 72 percent of, of eligible expense on the on the provincial portion um, that can qualify, uh, depending on the the calculation that uh, that we of course do. So, uh, and same in Alberta, the the federal portion dispersed um, uh, as usual, and then uh, a little bit later the the provincial disbursement. So that's just uh, some of the benefits of uh, living in our beautiful home provinces of uh, of Alberta uh, and Quebec. So, lovely. Yeah, I'm curious. Um, like, let's kind of dive into kind of some yeah. of our most frequently asked questions. Um, and one thing I've noticed is people often ask, uh, "What type of research um, and development activities can kind of qualify for shred?" So maybe I think that's a good starting point if you want to kind of field that question. Chris. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'll I'll dig into the detail a little bit because this is very common, especially speaking with technical folks. Uh, there can sometimes be a feeling of nothing of nothing's eligible. We're not sending a rocket to Mars, so how could I possibly uh, be eligible? So we're looking for that 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 problem, that roadblock that you're solving. And so any technical folks on your team, 
um, working on a problem, working on a roadblock, uh, and then having an iterative process to solve that problem. So not a shotgun approach, but anything that feels like a roadblock, a challenge in the technology uh, within the business. So not the, the product market fit, not the, not the marketing, which I wish we could solve uh, for many customers, but that engineering work. Uh, and I think for the, the message for most technical folks is have a conversation and we'd be happy to have that with you. Like, let's dig into that work because often, not always, often there's more work that's eligible than would first meet the eye. Um, so there's the obvious stuff, sending a rocket to Mars, but then there's all these little technology problems that you're constantly solving. And as engineers and technical folks, you feel like that's just my job. That's why I'm here to solve these problems. And those very often um, are eligible uh, for the for the program so that uh, doesn't have to be big doesn't have to be the the newest brightest thing those problems that you're solving in the technology um, are really where we can dig in and, and maximize that entitlement through shred for you yeah i'm always like blown away when you know you're, you're talking to different engineers and developers about how humble you know and kind of problem sure. solving oriented uh, those types of people are um, but <laughs> it's up to us as shred consultants to kind of pull out the, the the eligibility and kind of break through that kind of humbleness and say, no, no, what you're doing is shred eligible. There is a lot of, like you kind of spoke to technical uncertainty, even if for you, that's kind of that standard iterative approach is part of the scientific method. Um, that's kind of right. seems so natural to an engineer developer, but for us that, that just because it's natural does not mean it's not shred eligible. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And I'm going to, I'm going to jump and pivot a little bit to something different, but something that comes up all the time. Um, and I'll ask you, Josh, if you can speak to a little bit about, you know, in the, in the context of SRED and, and preparation contracts um, and exit structures and things that uh, folks should be looking at and keeping an eye out for. Yeah, one thing I, I, I hear a lot in, with working with different kind of clients and partners and prospects is um, kind of the complexity and variance in different types of shred agreements, engagement letters, um, and there's a lot of confusion on, on it. One thing that I always like to counsel um, is to make sure that if you're not happy with, just in the case that you're not happy with your shred consultants work, make sure that in the agreement, if it's a multi-year agreement, there is uh, some sort of exit structure. So you're not tied to this subpar work for several years. So make sure that you're able to, you know, year one, you're not happy with the work. The following year, you're, there's a clear path to exit. And then you can go and uh, and find a shred consultant that that, that that kind of fits your needs. The reason I like to say this is you don't need to be tied down to one consultant for five years. The quality of the work of the shred consultant should speak for itself. Um, so that's that's just kind of a, a tip that I like to kind of remind people of is the quality of the work of the shred consultant should mean that you want to stay with them, not the complexity and how difficult it is they of the, of the kind of agreement is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then shameless, shameless plug our motto, volunteers, no prisoners. So yes. uh, again, no one, no one can force you to file a shred. It's your entitlement. It's, it's your work. It's your money. So, so stick, stick to the volunteer, volunteer side, not the prisoner side. Yeah. I like that. I, I can't remember that yet. So I maybe I need to get like a tattoo of that or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You can start. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And maybe I'll, I'm going to double up. I'm going to confuse you, Josh, and double up on two questions for you. Because in that, in the context of that contract, uh, the understanding of audit, and very often, you know, my experience, audits aren't included. It's just a thing that happens. So maybe you can speak to a little bit about the importance of, of clarity on the language in your agreement on, uh, on audit and how that works. Yeah. So similar to kind of the length of the contracts, 
um, that, that we've seen in kind of the different exit strategies. Audits is similar. We're seeing in different shred consultants putting some of them, the audits included. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's an additional payment. Sometimes it's not. So there's a lot of variance in, 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 in what you're going to see in the marketplace. Um, one thing I like to recommend once again um, is making sure that your interests are in line with those of your consultant. So if the audit's included that me in, in, in your cost structure, then it is in your consultant's interests to make sure that your claim is built to be very easily defended, to make sure to assuring that it's that they're very thorough in the entire put building of that shred claim, putting together that shred claim. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my piece of advice is find in all parts of your agreement, uh, your engagement letter with your shred provider, make sure that your interests are aligned to the maximum, because that means that they're going to be putting together a shred claim that obviously benefits you um, in the short term. So through the size of it, but also in the thoroughness. So in case of an audit, your shred provider made sure that everything's in order and the audit will go as smoothly as possible. Right. That's really my advice here is I really recommend having that audit included in your pricing. So your consultant's going to do a very thorough uh, job as he's putting together the claim. And there's not this kind of crazy fire drill audit. Uh, wh- what did you say here? What do we claim here? Um, we we want to be thorough um, in, in making sure incentives, incentives are aligned, kind of a sure right. step. Yeah, that's a, aligning those, aligning human incentives and can save you a lot of pain, making sure, like you said, that if, uh, if your consultant's going to put their name on that claim, make sure that they're ready to defend every piece of it um, in front of you uh, with the CRA, for sure. Yes. And those reviews do happen. They, you know, for those that's maybe a, a jump in, the audit is a part of SRED. Uh, you can't avoid it. It will happen. Um, doing quality work and filing quality claims will help. Um, but at some point, if you are uh, a part of the program, expect a review. And um, not necessarily a negative thing, just the, the CRA doing their job in the in diligence. So, Yeah, and, and I think that I love that you started that off by saying, hey, shred um, is an entitlement. The, the, the aim and objective of Shred is to help Canadian yeah. companies um, and, and, you know, non-Canadian companies invest, hire, take risks in Canada. So, you know, if you're doing that sort of those sort of activities, you're entitled to those very generous Shred uh, credits. Um, and a, another kind of common question, kind of what types of companies can claim Shred? What are the other conditions? One question we get a lot is, uh, can a company claim Shred uh, if it's not profitable? Um, when we're operating a loss, we get that all the time. So, kind of, I would love to hear your kind of. Two yeah, stories. for sure, all the time, and often folks uh, are are coming with that question, having thought it was it was factual. We we're not in a profitable position. We're not paying taxes. <laughs> so, very clearly, no, no expectation to be in a, a taxable uh, position to file for SRED, particularly as a Canadian control corporation so that's where the refund is 100 cash um back to the back to the business so no need to be in a in a taxable position there um regardless of revenues all of that in a, in a non-sensitive environment credits can be carried forward uh, for 20 years in the business. So you have line of sight uh, on your profitability and your taxable position that can become an asset to the business and start collecting those credits, um, knowing that you will become profitable, but 
yeah, very much uh, the majority of our customers for sure. Um, not in a taxable position, not even in a revenue position yet. Definitely able to take advantage of the program and have that non dilutive funding be a part of your growth and your strategy to uh, uh, to continue moving forward. Yeah, and it's all on that expenditure piece, right? It's yeah. Once we you, we start to see expenditures, that's when we're we're starting to see a large uh, potential for shred eligibility. Yeah, yeah. Great, great clarity, Josh. I gave you the long answer to the, to the short <laughs> question, but separating it's all about the expenditure. Not about the revenue. The revenue can start getting into the tax piece. So if you're if you're spending money in Canada, uh, solving problems, maybe that's the, the summary. Uh, I think we're we're getting close to wrapping up the summary. Just spending money on solving problems in, in Canada, um, then let's have a conversation and uh, and see what we can do to help. I love that. I love that beautiful <laughs> summary. But to, to wrap it all up, but uh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll have another one of these, discuss more commonly asked questions. Um, but otherwise, Curtis, great to see you. Yeah, always a pleasure, Josh. And uh, hope you have an awesome weekend. And for everyone listening, uh, enjoy your Friday and, and uh, uh, enjoy your weekends as well. Yes. See you, Curtis. Perfect. Thanks, Josh.